I'm Brandy. And I'm Justin. And we're your hosts of Passionate Conversations on a Casual Level. We're a millennial married couple having organic conversations with each other and our guests about all our passions in life, business, and the future. Today, we're talking to our resident financial advisor of the Borges podcast about current conditions in the stock market, inflation, interest rates, and high real estate prices, and what this could all mean for the economy. Could we be headed for a recession? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I think we might. You think we might? <laughs> are you Let's our resident? talking about it right now. Are you our resident financial advisor of the Borges <laughs> no, podcast? No, no, no. I, I will save that for our guests. Yes. And I'm super excited to have that conversation, especially after today. It's been a volatile day in the market. So Today being Tuesday, April 26th That's that we're right. recording this. Yes. Look it up, folks. <laughs> yeah. So what a... Let's start off with, you know, our passions. What are you currently? That you had to ask me first. I had to ask you. I had to go there first. Yeah, she beat me to it, guys. <laughs> All right. Well. What is it? It's something that if if this recession does hit, this will probably be the first thing to be worth zero. Oh, really? NFTs. Oh, <laughs> I'm all in. You're all in. Oh my gosh. No, I, I, this week I purchased my first two NFTs oh, and wow. yeah, I'm all about it. Well, so what are they called? That's a good question. <laughs> no, one of them or is- Or can you uh, describe them? Well, one of them is actually just a pass. It's like a exclusive pass that allows you to invest in projects early. Mm-hmm. Um, like crypto projects that haven't really built out yet. They're still in the phase of um, taking on investors. So like when you hold this pass, you actually have access to invest before anybody else. And wow. if the projects take off, you know, when they actually go live, then you're invested at probably five to 10% of what everybody else will be investing. So, you know, if you put in a thousand dollars and, so you know what the project will be? Yeah, they, they show you the projects and they, oh, the projects okay. are legitimate. They have websites, they have all these different things and you can choose, pick and choose. I mean, you can invest in all of them if you want. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's like there's only 2,000 of them and holding this pass gives you that access to do that. Nice. Um, so that that's a cool one. And the other one is um, it's just an art and it's really cool. Um, and actually, it's there's only 5,000 of them. Or 5,555 of them. Oh my gosh, I, my five is my favorite number. Oh, damn. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> and I think we talked about this on our NFT episode. The way it works is the more rare that NFT is, um, the more it's worth. So I actually got one that is 96. It's the most, it's like out of 5,555. Yeah. It's the 96th rarest one, um, which is in the top 2%. So, wow. And um, what kind of art is this? Yeah, it's like based on the um, the 1930s, kind of almost like mime type uh, art. Oh. I'll have to we'll post it to the uh, social media so yeah. everyone can get a look at it. But That'd be cool. It's pretty cool. Um, so that's what I've been passionate about this week. Sweet. Yeah, how about you? How was the party? How was the party? <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> Clearly, you Kidding. weren't there. <laughs> no, um, everybody, he was there. Yeah. At, at our son's birthday party. I hope so. <laughs> um, so I am, yeah, I'm coming off of that that uh, week that I felt like I was in overdrive, mm-hmm. you know, just um, really getting things done. Um party was a success super thankful it was dope had a village helping you yeah, know always have sure. support and um super thankful and i'm also happy that it's done you know yeah um and i'm ready to just kind of um yeah put energy you know into other places and to be quite honest what i'm really passionate about <laughs> <laughs> yes okay um the cowboys in this new show we started yellowstone oh my god <laughs> you're passionate about them 
I'm passionate about the show. Oh, you said the Cowboys. It's a, it's a good show. What's going on here? Well, you know what's going on. Oh, I do. Yeah. If you like punches and beautiful scenery, Yellowstone's the show for you. Oh, my gosh. So I've heard of this show. I'm pretty sure we're really late to the game of Yellowstone. Probably. Um, Streaming it on Peacock. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's based um, in Yellowstone. It's beautiful, beautiful scenery. Um, cowboys and just drama drama filled um native americans yes what i find interesting is like that whole dynamic of like the native americans and um you know the situations they find spoiler alert both find themselves in (laughs) no it's not a spoiler alert (laughs) spoiler (laughs) so i have to agree it's a pretty good show it is yeah it is well, will Yellowstone make it through the recession? Um, yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go over to our resident financial advisor, Daniel. Let's do it. Our resident financial advisor is back. Welcome, Daniel, back to the show. And for those that didn't catch one of our early episodes, You can listen back to episode number three, where we have Daniel and his lovely wife, Lena, talking about foundational values and financial perspectives. Um, Daniel is a private wealth advisor and owner of Bridgepoint Financial Group in Lodi, California. So let's jump right in. Let's get to it. (laughs) Welcome back, Daniel. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh... Yeah. I, yeah. I think today's like a, a super appropriate day to have you on, um, considering it's Tuesday, April 26th, and the stock market was way down today. Um, way down. I, uh, and it's just me this time. Um, I, told, I told my wife, Lena, that we were talking about the economy, <laughs> markets, and a potential recession, and, and uh, she was not interested in that. <laughs> yeah no she can listen and then yeah don't blame her (laughs) oh man well yeah i mean just looking across the board today uh i i peaked and i saw the nasdaq down almost four percent today uh the dow jones down almost two and a half percent and then the russell 2000 down over three percent i mean this is like the largest drop that i i've seen since you know March of 2020, pretty much pandemic days. What's going on out there? <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot going on. Um, and, and more recently, uh, to me, it's, it's all about interest rates right now. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be too much based on Russia, Ukraine. Um, at this point, that was sort of causing the markets to go down at the beginning of of the quarter um then i i think i mean, outside of that situation escalating as terrible as it is it's it's not really affecting the stock market anymore um now it's more the the uh potential impact of inflation and the fed raising rates and how that will impact markets um so it, it's been interesting and inflation's been a, a really big topic. Um, to me, the, the Fed is, has been late with raising rates. Um, you know, that, that just started recently yeah. um, at, at their last meeting. So they announced it for the rest of the year. Um, so now it's, it's just trying to catch up and the, the latest drop I think is the potential of, rates being increased too fast uh it sounds like they may increase more than what they announced at the next meeting so yeah i I mean to summarize i there's a potential recession here coming um right yeah and and not your normal normal recession of um you know there's no growth it's more uh the economy's growing we're reopening from covid um there's positive earnings 
Um, but inflation is, is growing at a faster rate. If GDP growth is at 4% and inflation is at 5 for two consecutive quarters, that counts as a recession um, because the real GDP is, is negative. Can you, can you explain that acronym, GDP? Uh, gross domestic product. So basically, they, they, all the economic activity in all the different sectors gets lumped into this figure. Ah, um, okay. Oh, okay. And, and so that's what they use to measure how much we're, we're growing as an economy. Got it. Got it. And um, Daniel, you mentioned inflation being a hot, kind of a hot topic right now. And um, to be transparent and researching um, some, you know, data here for our show today, um, I did want to point out that inflation is showing that it's like out of control right now. So um, it's over eight and a half percent in comparison to 2019, which was like pre-pandemic, it was at um, 2.3%, which, so it shows it's like four times a normal market right now, if I'm correct. Um, So what does inflation look like, like to your everyday person? Yeah, like where would we see inflation you know, through our, our, our daily, just to kind of give us some context and the listeners some context of what, because we hear this term all the time, but what does it all mean? <laughs> um, I, I would say everywhere. And some some great examples would be, I, some of the places we're seeing it most is, is uh, used cars. Oh, we're, right. We're up 41% in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's I, when you look at when you go to the grocery store, the, the price of, of everything, really. Um, yeah. But when you look at meat or dairy or um, that the cost is higher when you when you go to Home Depot, the cost of materials are higher. Um, so it, even your regular services, the, the cost of labor is higher. Uh, so I mean I, I think the better question I the better question would be where we're not seeing it um, mm. because it's it's in every product and service out there it seems like um, even your uh, you go out to eat um, yeah no it's a good point I mean the grocery store I think you know I kind of compare it to I remember going to the grocery store in my my twenties and you know, if I went to go shop for two weeks, I could walk out probably $80 or, you know, $90. Whereas I go for the family now and it's, I mean, we're talking almost $300 sometimes, you know, for a week's worth of groceries. Um, so I, I definitely see that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you just kind of used to it going up over time. And, and I don't know, it just does seem like it has crept up on us a little bit. Yeah, and then the big one would be also gas. Gas, um, sure. Yeah, uh, that that's the one. Russia's the third largest producer of oil, so that's the one place we're seeing it. We we don't uh, import export much goods with Russia or Ukraine, but they are Russia is the third largest producer of oil, so that's where we're seeing an impact. Yeah. There. And another impact, too, that I've kind of been hearing about a lot from Justin is um, the interest rates like soaring and um, they're now over 5% since 2018, which. Well, it's the highest. Yeah, the highest highest it's been. been pretty much since 2018. And I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Um, The increase has been significant since. January, whereas the the par rate was probably three and a half percent to three percent, and I mean I've never seen in my years of real estate such a quick increase. Um, I mean the the Fed has talked about we're going to see multiple more hikes this year. Um, I, I can see it. You know a lot of people are forecasting interest rates on homes um, in the high six percent up to seven percent by the end of the year which just sounds crazy. Um, do you have any insight on that or what you, what you think might occur there? Um, well, so I, I would kind of defer to you on, on mortgage rates, but 
Um, interest rates in general, I feel like a lot of that's priced in. The Fed's announced, you know, at the next six meetings, they're planning to increase a, a 25% basis point increase. Uh, they've only increased it one time so far. As much as we've talked about it and heard about it in the news, it's, it's only actually happened once at the last Fed meeting, but yet we've seen the uh, rates everywhere increase. You were talking of the mortgage rate. Uh, it's gone from three to five pretty quickly here, which is, so all of that's traded based on what the Fed is projecting. Um, so those, to me, the next six Fed rate increases are, are already priced into mortgage rates being at 5%. And those are occurring uh, this year, the 6% or the six uh, rate increases? Right. Yes. Right. Now, with all the inflation we've seen lately, they're saying they may need to increase it instead of six six times at 25 basis points, they may need to do half a percent. So those are the kind of things that cause rates to go up even higher, more than what we, right. already, what we already knew. Um I, we're kind of getting to a point where I question, have we priced in too much? Um, and when you, when you say priced in, it's, it's the decline of the stock market based on uh, future uh, events that are going to happen. People are taking those events into consideration, such as inflation, such as um, the interest rate increases and, and basically saying, um, you know, the stock market has been devaluated based on those events that are set to occur. Right. Yeah. So just like the mortgage rates, the stock market trades on, on speculation, you know, where are things going? Um, so we have all of this information coming, um, then, and that's causing things to go down, which, which is understandable, but, uh, yeah, I think we're getting to the point where, you know, if, if inflation continues to run at this pace and the economy, we do see a recession. Um, the Fed may eventually have to change course and not raise rates as quickly as, as they're saying. Um, so and that's hard to predict or, or know what will happen. Um, but I, I just think uh, we've seen things go so far. Uh, a lot of the bad news, I think, is already in, in rates in the stock market yeah i think on my end of things you know starting to see um i mean the prices let's face it they're at an all-time high i mean they've they've far surpassed the highs of 2006 2000 early 2007 um so now you know we're, we're seeing an interesting time because all-time highs in prices but also interest rates being you know, not at all time highs because interest rates used to be really high, but um, just trying to figure in, you know, what people's day-to-day -day expenses on these mortgages might be if they're purchasing homes now, um, it is getting to a point where it's like, gosh, can your, your average person really afford this? Um, and when does it stop making sense for them to buy homes um, at these, if you will, inflated prices? Um, yeah, it's really hard to say. I feel like the interest rates, the, the products are still moving over here as far as the um, the homes go. So it's it's really like when, you know, when does this all come to a stop? And and that's kind of the big question as far as a recession on the housing side. You know, I, I'm not sure when that's going to occur. I'm definitely um, projecting that there will be a, a setback in prices, but how much is just remains to be seen. Right. Um, the other side of that, uh, we've talked about all the, all the headwinds, all the bad news. The average consumer's in great shape. Um, saving rates compared to debt rates are at the best level, healthiest level, in over thirty years. Um, so sure, you know there there are obviously issues going on, but uh, most people are are doing quite well. Um, saving and paying off debt and and use that you know a lot of the money that was given through the pandemic use that to put themselves in a in a better position so that that's the other side of it is um 
the unemployment's really low. Um, wages are, are strong, although when you take into account inflation, they're actually negative growth. Um, so it's not all bad news out there. Uh, and I think the housing market is, is a good indication of that uh, because it's still staying relatively strong, even with rates going right. up. Yeah, and I um, I guess would like to get some clarity on how the hiking of the interest rates to curb inflation, like how does that actually work? Like how, how does that help inflation? Because I, I hear it, but I don't quite understand how that works. Yeah, so um, to, to sort of bring it, to, to lay the foundation of this, when COVID hit in 2020, um, the, the Fed's job was, was to try to help the economy when mm -hmm. obviously things were being shut down, things were stopped, people weren't working. Um, and so one, one of the largest tools that they have to spur economic activity is to reduce interest rates. Um, and when we say spur economic activity, that's corporations borrowing more money for research, for hiring, for all of their operations, for survival. Um, even small business owners, same thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Individuals borrowing on credit cards, on personal loans, on mortgage, mortgages, buying homes. So all of those examples there they're able to do it at a much lower cost when interest rates are low right so, so the fed did that which was good um we needed it at the time uh and, and that's what sort of helped us get through the pandemic along with the other spending bills that were passed mm -hmm. um and so now two years later um and many would argue way too late uh the, the fed has finally decided that they no longer need to uh give easy money to everyone in the economy um the interest rates need to normalize that's because um, there's so much money in the economy um that's what's causing inflation to to run high uh, along with supply chain shortages and mm -hmm. um, stimulus checks and things like that. But the Fed is, is a large factor there. So the more easy money there is, the more gets spent. Um, so when you're looking at, let's say you're looking to buy a refrigerator, uh, well, so is everyone else because everyone has all sorts of cash or income or credit cards that or loans at low rates to to buy things with um right. and then you pair that with the supply chain issues we created by being shut down for so long right. um then that that really just caused things to uh sort of go downhill in terms of pricing with inflation mm -hmm. Makes so, sense. And and now that the rates are going up, pretty much people will stop borrowing at, at as fast of a rate. Um, outside of that, is there any other um, effects that it has on the market? That's a large part of it. When you say that, the biggest thing I think of is uh, consumer confidence. Um, the Even just the daily headlines we're seeing of you know, potential recession, right? Just that itself has an impact on the market. Um, your average person, instead of going out and buying whatever it is that they want, the new car, the new house, the new, you know, the new remodel, they're likely to think, well, if we're going into a recession, I should save more and not, not spend as much. Mm. Um, and so that's part of why we've seen saving rates tick up lately. Um, but that has a direct impact on on the market, on spending, on the economy, um, is, is the consumer and their confidence in the economy moving forward. 
Yeah, you mentioned an interesting dynamic of headlines and, you know, we're, we're talking about media and, and the effect that they have on the market. Um, you know, you kind of think, like you just said, the average person does see those headlines and, and thinks twice about things. Um, do you kind of feel like maybe recessions in a way become a self-fulfilling prophecy if enough people believe something's going to happen, then more than likely it will? Yeah, um, just because it, it, it affects your behavior. Um, and, and, and especially, it's, it's easy to talk about, but when you're in it, it's, it's different. Um, right. When it's, when it's your own finances, it's, it's your own portfolio, uh, your own family that, that, you know, you want to make sure they have a roof over their head and that you're providing for, um, yeah, your, your, our natural instinct is, is to our flight to safety. Um, mm -hmm. and so when you see the, the negative headlines, the, the potential bad news coming absolutely affects our behavior. Um, yeah, I know. So, oh. I was just going to say, it's hard to, to process, uh, you know, all the stuff that's coming at us, um, yeah. because that's, you know, that's, that's what people watch. So that's what they're going to talk about every night. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we don't watch a lot of um, like mainstream media. Good thing is, is that I think we found kind of our outlets that we trust and we like watching and um, Justin actually sent me an interesting video and it was from kind of a mainstream media outlet and um, it was today actually. Yeah. Um, so the first major bank. Which... Yeah, I think it was Deutsche today. They upgraded their projection of, you know, a minor recession and they're pretty much saying, hey, prepare for a major recession now. Yeah. And so watching all of that was like, oh my gosh, it, it really did it kind of affect um, me on, on some level, like you were saying, you know? Yeah. Where, because <laughs> of just the way that it's reported is right. It, it does have that, you know, we're trained in a way and conditioned in a way over the years to watch things. And, you know, if it comes through the TV and it comes through a major news source, it's like, this is happening. You know, you have a tendency to almost overbelieve what's going on. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad we're talking to you, Daniel, because I'm getting a different sense of like of things, not just on one side. So um, I hope, you know, our listeners can benefit from from hearing this as well. Um, yeah, I think what's important is um, diversifying I mean, I obviously am a big uh, diversify your portfolio believer, but diversifying mm -hmm. your your where you're getting information from. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I read and listen to so many different economists and portfolio managers, um, and these you know really smart, really intelligent people can have entirely different views on what the next six months will look like. Um, so no one really knows and we 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 all have information and data um the, I, the best way to to try to uh withstand these these economic cycles which which are normal um is is to just be prepared and uh and plan for these things to happen uh because it's they do happen um right. and and we will it, the market the economy will recover from it. It's just the, yeah. the timing is uncertain. Yeah. I mean, I think what we've talked about so far with inflation and interest rates and, um, you know, all these different things like supply chain. I mean, I, I think there's another factor that we haven't spoken about with, you know, China pretty much going back into a lockdown um, with the, the COVID concerns over there. Um, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about supply chain issues, but I imagine um, <laughs> that's causing a little bit more too of a panic. It just seems like. Right. I didn't realize that um, because they're affected by a lockdown right now that it essentially affects us because they're like our manufacturer for so many things. 
Um, so I, I, that's something new, I guess I didn't, I learned and I didn't realize, um, that, wow, that, that actually the U S relies a lot on other places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, yeah, we've sort of seen the, the impact of, uh, the, the globalization of, of our world economy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we depend on so many other countries and suppliers um that yeah just you know them having their lockdowns right now will have an impact on our on our supply chain um yeah yeah and to kind of finish that i thought i wanted to bring that to to light but to finish that um you know major stocks that you know blue chip stocks like google facebook tesla um, a lot of these different stocks are, are really starting to see a major drop in the in the price and you know as as an investor as someone that that follows the stock market it's hard for me not to be like very excited to see you know uh opportunities at 30 40 some stocks that i follow are at an 80 percent discount um from months ago you know um so i mean where where does this stop and and i mean how do you even begin to, you know, think about investing in a time where everyone's calling for a recession? So it's hard to know how, how much lower it could go. Um, yeah, to your point, uh, as, as a contrarian, it's okay. These, these are good prices at this point. Um, if we look back six months or even a year, um, I would argue a lot of these companies are in better shape in terms of how their products and services have evolved. Um, And so, and then obviously there are, there are companies who were sort of reliant on the pandemic and providing their service throughout that. That's a totally different story. Um, So I, I, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, do you believe your, do you believe in the stock? And what they're doing um and even you know as we've seen we saw fourth quarter earnings roll out a few months ago and all really positive news and and for first quarter um for the most part uh fairly positive news across the board for stocks um then yet we're still seeing prices go down because of the other uh events going on with inflation mm-hmm. and geopolitical stuff um so you have to ask yourself you know I, for me it's long term so what's the time frame you know do i believe in this company over the next few years if so now's a great time to buy um you know when you're looking at do i think this will be up higher in the next month or so that's a totally different right timeline and perspective and and to me that's harder to to evaluate, to, to, to put, um, to have some sort of confidence in when you're looking at such a short time horizon. Um, so I, if, if these are longer term dollars, I would say, yeah, putting, putting dollars that you have set aside to work is, is a good idea. Um, money that you're not depending on that's for down the road. Um, one, and one popular way to do it is called dollar cost averaging. So, um, you know, to, to your point of, um, when, when does it end, you know, should I, should I buy today if the market's going to continue down for the next month? Um, and so dollar cost averaging, you're, you're essentially, you're, you're buying in, uh, on a consistent basis, whether that's monthly, biweekly, um, so that that helps take the market timing out of it. Um, you're buying in at di- different price points okay. over the next weeks and months. Um, yeah, so that that's a really popular strategy to 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 implement. Yeah, I like that of taking a look at the companies and seeing if you believe in them in the long term. You know. Um, I know for me, there's one company that comes to mind that I could say right now, I do believe in in the long term, and I've 
been wanting to like invest in and um, whether or not like it completely goes to shit, <laughs> like it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Cause I just, yeah, what you just said was it, yeah. It like turned a um, light bulb in my head. <laughs> What's the company? Honest company. Ah. I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to invest in them and actually um, Justin listens to this guy. Uh, he goes over like the earnings calls for these different companies. And so Justin sent me an earnings call for honest. Um, and I actually heard it and I, this first earnings call I've ever heard. And I thought it was so interesting. Um, well, if one, I actually do use their products. So I, I felt like I could understand what they were talking about. Um, of course, there's lots of other like lingo and things, but for the most part, I felt like um, in the long term, they were worth, you know, worth the investment. And yeah, it's my little two I, cents there. I always encourage, you know, especially someone trying to learn, um, find a product that, that interests you, that you use every day, um, and that you believe in long term and buy some of their stock uh it's it's just a great way to learn the market i think mm -hmm. um was you're able to see whatever products they're rolling out how did that perform how did that affect their stock market right or whatever news or rumors are going on same thing that affects mm -hmm. the stock market um you know people leaving their board or ceos resigning yeah uh but historically the the stock market is a hedge against inflation um you know, bond funds, which is a, a, a conservative investment most people have in their portfolios, don't do well with rising interest rates. Um, stocks, on the other hand, and just, just on a high level, as pricing goes up, they're able to pass that on to the consumer and, and retain profit. Um, so with the honest company, if if they were used to getting a certain level of profit on their diapers, they can just simply raise the price and retain profitability. Um, right. So we haven't seen that, but historically speaking, yeah, uh, stocks can can protect against inflation. Right. Yeah, and I think That's if with what you said, you know, taking the approach of am I investing in this company or am I just trying to make money in the short term? Um, there's a trader mentality, you know, uh, I'm going to invest a thousand dollars tomorrow to try and make, you know, another thousand dollars in a month or some, something of that nature. And I think that mentality in this market can be very dangerous. Um, but if you flip it and you have the investor mentality of, you know, Honest Company, for instance, just seems like it's growing, great products. Um, I believe in it as well in the long term. And I, I'm very positive, you know, barring a major catastrophe, it's going to be around in five years. And chances are it's going to be more profitable in five years. So having that mentality of putting 5,000 into it now um, and, and in five years, maybe that 5,000 is 25 or, or even more, uh, maybe it's only 10,000, but at least you didn't lose money, you know? Um, so I think that kind of helps too, when, when considering this market, like, like you were saying it, um, just a mindset change. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to hear, um, you know, we've talked about the potential recession and inflation and um when it comes to the real estate market what what do you do about it what are you telling your clients um should they yeah, move forward should they wait it's tough it's all situation by situation um i like to learn about my clients a little bit and find out the situation that that they're in um if a client comes to me and they're thinking about buying a home for let's just say eight hundred thousand dollars um, and they have 20% down, um, I'm going to say, okay, well, what's your rent like? You know, are, are they in a situation where they live in a parent's house or perhaps they have a home, a family home where they, their rent is 
$1,000 or, or even below $2,000, um, I kind of will, will consider that and say, all right, if the person has like a rent of $35 or, or $4,000, then the alternative to buy makes a lot of sense, you know, because over the long run, um, three, four years from now, I'm sure we will have lower interest rates and there'll be an opportunity to refinance and save more money. Um, so in that situation with a high rent, I would recommend buying now and, and owning the asset versus renting and paying somebody else's mortgage. But in a case where someone has a great rent right now, it, I don't think it's, you know, I feel like the risk reward is, is there for you to kind of just chill out and, and see what the market actually does. Um, I don't see prices increasing significantly anymore. I think that they're going to be plateauing here pretty soon and they might come back down a little bit to earth, but it's all situation by situation. And it's based off of overhead and rent, you know, because even if they have low rent, but maybe they have a business that their expenses are $2,000 a month. And, you know, at some point that business might go belly up and there's some risk there. So that that's pretty much, I, I like to advise my clients based on their situation and what their overhead is like. So risk and reward. Yeah. Risk reward and, and also, you know, investment versus renting. So, I mean, you wouldn't believe there's some people that rent for five, $6,000. Um, and it's just, to me, it's a no brainer. Like, even if you're not planning on staying long-term, you know, pick up that asset and now you can rent it for five, 6,000 and over time it'll appreciate. Yeah. Um, I saw a study I wanted to send to you. I'm curious if you're experiencing the same thing. So we haven't seen price prices come down really, even though rates are up significantly. Right. Uh, the cost of a mortgage is much more now. Um, and so the, the study was saying people are still buying the home that they want to, even though it's, you know, relatively right. the same price, but more expensive with interest um they're just they're just spending more uh they're they're not reducing their budget they just have the cash flow to uh spend a little more on their monthly mortgage payment uh, and i think that that sort of goes to just how healthy the average consumer is that, that yeah. they can do that mm-hmm. um but also to, I, to your point uh you know there's with inflation rents have have gone quite high so people are having to make a choice there yeah yeah that's interesting um that you said that and what you were saying earlier about people have savings this is like consumers are pretty healthy with you know um let's say not not borrowing as much um and i can see that like people are in a good position find themselves in a good position to spend a little extra money, um, you know, for the house they want or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and to kind of cap off what Daniel said about rents, I saw something recently, there's a rent study out there and I mean, it's crazy. Some of the other cities, um, I believe it was Tampa is their rents year over year went up 40%. Um, I mean, it's insane. So it it is like almost a catch 22, you know, if you don't buy (laughs) your rent's probably going up quite a bit. So it's just really interesting. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Um, But I do see a little bit of the market, you know, wanting to plateau a bit. And especially if we hit those six or 7% interest rates, it's just going to be really hard for people to qualify at those higher uh, rates, you know, and their payments being six seven eight hundred dollars more than it was you know at a five percent so oh so their loan would be higher uh just their interest rate yeah so uh the the money that they're borrowing there would be additional two percent interest on that right so if you borrow eight hundred thousand dollars at a seven percent interest rate there's more right yeah there's more that you're paying monthly right opposed to five percent yeah yeah and it's not going towards anything (laughs) other than the bank's pockets on mortgage rates also with the stock market is, is a little bit of perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And so yes, like technology stocks are down almost 25% mm-hmm. from the high. They're also up 
over a hundred percent from from COVID. Um, right. So people are still positive and have made a lot of money. Um, and so when I think of the mortgage rates, I guess they're at five percent. But historically speaking, that's that's a pretty good rate or average at least. Um, yeah. And we, we've kind of gotten spoiled with the yeah. <laughs> the three percent rates for so long for the last three four Two, years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but historically speaking, that's that's pretty average. The norm. Um, and to your point, if they did go down, you could always refinance. Would you say that's the going rate? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I had to throw a dad joke in there. There has to my... be a dad joke. I think that's your standard now. Yes. It's like a yes. dad joke in every more than dad more than one dad joke in every episode. <laughs> it has to be. Well, I mean, with, with everyone everything we've considered and discussed today, um, what what do you feel the future holds? I mean, if you I know you're not one for predictions, but you know, what does this next six months look like and and you know, what do you feel like we could expect <laughs> without putting your name on it of course <laughs> if if you're not going to ask me about it in in six months i would say um <laughs> i i think short term the next few weeks and months it's going to be more volatility and uncertainty um I don't think we'll really see some some relief in the market uh, until the end of the year. Um, and so historically, uh, with midterm elections, the, the market rebounds a little bit. I think we'll also be past a lot of these high inflation numbers at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I, and then hopefully we can realize, okay, COVID is, is not keeping us shut down, at least here domestically uh corporations are in good shape consumers are in good shape um employment numbers look good so, so hopefully we'll get back to what we used to look at some of the numbers in terms of a healthy economy um yeah so i would say short term cloudy uh hopefully by the end of the year we're starting to see some positive momentum back back in the market um yeah, yeah. And, and again with the long term investment horizon um i think it's when you have that perspective it's easy to look past the next few weeks and months um right. that doesn't have any impact as long as as long as you you don't make a bad move um the next few weeks and months don't impact your you know whether it's your down payment in five years or your retirement yeah. in 10 years um as long as you can try to hold that perspective that can help prevent from some of the short-term mistakes yeah i feel like really the the only way if you're investing now and you're doing it on an irresponsible point of investing more than you can really afford to lose and in, in two months if the market continues to go down and you know, your, your business or, or your job isn't producing any more income. And you're saying, Oh, shoot, I need that money back. At that point, you could find yourself, <laughs> you know, in, in a very vulnerable state. Um, so that's what I would say, if anyone's invested in the short term, <laughs> make sure you can afford to invest yeah. that money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious, Brandy, we, I, Justin and I are obviously, <laughs> And Justin's in the real estate market every day, and I'm in the the financial markets every day. Um, so it's kind of like front and center of what yeah. what we see. How much of that do you see on on a daily basis? Um, I, outside of Justin sending you, right? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. is that a concern? I I just I, I know it affects people's portfolios. I'm just curious, like on a daily basis, yeah. The average person who's not working in the industry how much that is impacting right honestly on a day-to-day -day basis it really doesn't um I, I, because i honestly also don't drive more than like a 10 mile radius <laughs> so i don't even have to like look at the gas prices <laughs> um i mean and even when i put gas it's like every what like 
probably two, once or twice a month. Three weeks or something. <laughs> um, obviously, though, when we do go to the store, um, if it's if it's not vegetables or fruits, then I do see like a higher price. But like on veggies and fruits, I, I find like, oh, wow, I thought I was going to be spending more. And my, you know, I'm always going to the cashier like, dang, I wonder how much I spent today, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> but um, these are non-organic, by the way. <laughs> no, they are organic, actually. <laughs> Damn it. And I guess ultimately, Daniel, uh, if you had let's just say uh, this hypothetical client of a a 35 year old female who has a hundred thousand dollars that's single and her goal is to just build wealth and retire young uh what would the advice be today for that individual um the one have a healthy cash reserve um you know that that's huge if uh, whatever's going on month to month uh, emergencies it doesn't impact your ability to save it doesn't impact uh, your your need to put things on a credit card um, so that'd be the biggest and then from there um, I'd put a lot of that money to work in the market um, but not not a hundred percent because you you always want money on the sidelines um, if the market continued to go down, that yeah. person could continue to dollar cost average into the market at lower prices. Um, but yeah, I would say now's now's a great time to buy. Um, I'm not not so much with all of the uncertainty, but uh, I, with prof- profits and earnings looking so good and prices going down, um, you could certainly argue uh, that this the market looks attractive from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess starting to build a position or build a portfolio, um, you know, if you started that a year ago, you're probably in a pretty bad spot. Um, but if you're dollar cost averaging, like Daniel mentioned, you can continue to kind of get in a better spot. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I was looking at starting to invest today, it's it's exciting like as you said someone who's a kind of a contrarian that sees things a little bit different mm-hmm. um and really this this conversation has given me a lot of uh insight into hey the everyday person on the, for the most part is actually saving more money and doing better um despite all of these factors around um so that and then and, and the earnings you know the companies are even doing better than expected as well so it's kind of like other than the fear aspect the train is still on the tracks am i right yeah i would say so um i i would say you know it's not as clear at least to me you know in 2020 when COVID hit to me it was clear very early that um it was all just because we shut down the economy and in short order, things were going to bounce back. Right. Um, and, and so that was uh, a little bit easier to see in my opinion, um, where now it's not as clear as a path moving forward. Uh, I, I do think we'll eventually recover and get there. Um, I just don't think it'll be as quick and easy as reopen the economy. <laughs> right. um, but yeah I, I agree that that generally speaking um the economy's healthy uh there's there's some headwinds there's some concerns but um over time we usually move move past that well as always we appreciate you stopping by um you are officially our first repeat guest and and you definitely are invited back anytime. Yes. Um, I'm sure you. as this situation unfolds with the markets, we will be checking in with you. And thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thank uh, you. Yeah, if my if my predictions turn out right, happy <laughs> to be back on. <laughs> if not, we'll we'll push it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> We'll cut it from the records, you know, it'll ne- it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
Awesome. All right, Daniel. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Wow. What a lot of great information about this potential upcoming recession. Absolutely. And one of our goals when starting this podcast was really bringing value to our listeners and enriching their lives in any way yeah. possible. And I hope that we could, you know, could do that and did it for you today. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you listen to this episode and you have some money on the sidelines and, and you know, if you, if you need a financial advisor, Daniel's probably the guy. <laughs> um, but even if you're going to be doing it on your own, you know, don't, I'm not telling, I'm not a financial investor. I'm not telling you go invest your money, but like there's, there is a good time to do these things. And being a contrarian is a positive thing in a lot of ways. So do your research. Yeah. And also tell us what you want to hear more of. Yeah. If you liked conversations like this, tell us that, you yeah, know? Yeah, please. It's, it helps us kind of guide, you know, we, we usually will plan out our episodes and we just want to know. What do you guys want to hear more of? It really would help us out. Yeah. And so the way you let us know is sending us a message on at the Borges podcast on Instagram. Um, and you can also leave us a review on Apple podcast if you have not done so. Yeah, that'd be great. Feel free to leave a suggestion for us um, on what we can talk about next. It's five star reviews only, guys. <laughs> so until next time. Stay inspired. Stay inspired.